think the San Francisco 49ers are taking a page out of the White House's book? I wouldn't even doubt it at this point. Maybe he'll be a strong GM. We don't know that, man. That's the <laughs> point that I'm getting at. You're listening to the New Jersey Guys podcast, talking all things sports, by the fans, for the fans. And now your starting lineup, Chris Swenderman and Dan Tantillo. All right, everybody, welcome to episode two of the New Jersey Guys podcast. I'm Chris Swenderman. That is Dan Tantillo to my right. Buddy boy, how you doing today? I am great. Um, very excited to be doing this. Before we even get started, Uh-oh. this is a good thing. This is okay. a good thing. All right. Um, I want to thank everybody who was so supportive and texted each and every one of us and congratulated us for yep. getting this thing on the road. Absolutely. We're ready to really be dedicated and committed and focused to talking about the things that you want to talk about. So if there's anything that you think would be good for this show, feel free to let any of us know on Twitter, on Facebook, nj1015.com. We are open to all things discussing about Absolutely. sports. And again, thank you guys so much for being yes. so supportive in the first episode. And we're looking forward to all our new subscribers as well. So let's get right into it, though. The NFL draft is a week away. Did you know that? Because I knew that because it's freaking everywhere. I mean, they started talking about this at the Combine a month ago when basically at that point all the players are just – you know, showing off like feats of strength. I, I, I kind of liken it to a Seinfeld episode. They show off feats of strength and, you know, they're kind of categorized and, you know, put into somewhat of a draft order on, on all the team's draft boards. They've been talking about the combine was in February. Right. We're now in April. I feel like I'm so done with the NFL draft. We're not even at NFL draft weekend yet. And it's one of the events I love during the NFL year. And we really should be excited about it because it's right in our backyard. Um, my girlfriend lives in Philadelphia, right by the art museum. That's where this whole thing is taking place. It looks ridiculous down there. But I don't, so, so I don't care. Get bigger. Right. But I don't care because it's been thrown in my freaking face by everybody. There's, I'm not going to say his name, but the number one reporter right now on ESPN. Okay. He sent out a tweet on a Monday saying blank blank is going to be probably taken number one. The next day, oh, he may not be taken number one. We're two weeks away. How do you know who's going to be drafting who yet? Right. And that's the thing. And we're not we're not even here to talk about who we think are going to be drafted. It's just the oversaturation of sports. Yeah. It's the fact that we've been talking about the NFL draft for two and a half months. I mean, everybody who is anybody in sports right now, a sports writer, a sportscaster, a sports reporter, they are uh, doing mock drafts incessantly. I mean, to the point where, oh, my sister's uncle's uh, draft board 3.0. It's like, like seriously, put out one. Yeah, well, why do you need to have all these different versions? And it's tough because you don't even know where to turn to now if you're somebody that is interested in the NFL draft because it's not only that it's being thrown in your face and it's everywhere and people can't stop ch and keep you know changing their minds about things, is you get all the nonsense with it. You get... Uh, this draft prospect has a, a cat who jumped in a tree. Exactly. And we don't like I don't want to throw hate on the major sports networks or anything, but it's starting to get tough to differentiate between them and TMZ. Right. Them and TMZ or them and CNN. Right. Because it's all just being compiled. And frankly, we just want to see highlights right. and we want the news. 
Right. It was it was nice years ago when you just kind of got, you know, the NFL draft order, you know, maybe one or two um, reporters projected their first round matchups. I mean, you have guys now. I mean, oh, listen, we're, we are both diehard Dallas Cowboy fans. Right. There are a million and one Dallas Cowboy sites that have the first seven rounds of the NFL draft projected for the Cowboys. I How do you you people? They don't even get the top 10 right. More right. or less the first seven rounds. And there were how many trades last year? Right. In you the, just in don't first know. Right. You don't know what's going to happen. Hell, a player could go and walk, and I hate to say this, but he could trip and break his ankle, and he's not playing football anytime soon. No. You just don't know what's going to happen, and I think that pretending like so many people do know and have this insight, I think it's a bunch of nonsense, and I don't know who to believe or who to trust to, and I'm not going to pay attention to any of the coverage until the draft begins because... I'm over it. The peop, the only people who really truly know who are they going to take, you could probably guess Cleveland's number one pick because they're picking first. Right. And after that, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. It's just, you know, they like to guess where it is and keep you guessing and, keep, and I guess keep the fans of those teams intrigued. But it just gets so overwhelming. Like there's so there's so many other stories you could talk about. And yet, here we are from February at the Combine all the way until late April, at the end of April, talking about where you think you know a mid-round player is going to go. It, it gets exhausting to the fact where by the time you get to the event, you're so burnt out from it. And I think that's the thing with sports in general now and so many channels. I think that's what the, the issue is. There's, there's only so much you could talk about in sports right. that... They just beat it down by the time you actually get to the event. Yeah, and the, and the number one sports television network, which you all know, and we don't have to mention, right? You know, if you've been paying attention, that they're losing subscribers by the millions, by the millions. And I think I, I'm curious if the GMs in sports are in are just feeding rumors and gossip to the the. The insiders, so to say, just so they can keep this thing stirring. I wonder if they're just sitting there and smiling and grinning just because people will believe everything that I'm saying and then it's just going to get reported, whoever's the fastest person to say this. So I I think that they're probably, the people in the office, are probably kind of laughing at all of this. I got, well, also, too, you got to remember, it's a game of one-upsmanship with other GMs. Right. You want to get rumors out there, hell, we like X player, but you know now the now your competition's listening, thinking you like player X and you really like player Y, and you know if they're drafting ahead of you, you know what are they, you know what are they thinking or what? It's to throw. It's it's a big it's a big crapshoot. Yeah, That's all it is. All I know is is I'm glad I'm not a general manager because I wouldn't know what to believe and what not to be. But that being said, there's there's a certain player who has just been thrown into a general manager's position. Yes. Absolutely. And that would be one John Lynch, former safety. He was a safety, right? Of yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. He was a safety. And now is the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. And this isn't the first time in the past couple of weeks that we've seen a former player completely switch roles and take a different position. We'll say one with Patrick Ewing. Right. He's been a coach before, well, so this yeah. is not anything too new, but he's going to coach Georgetown. And our former quarterback. Yep. One Tony Romo is now the number one color commentator on CBS Sports. Right. 
And I think we, I think we have differing views on this. I think, um, you know, where I think Danny, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, you think, you think more so that a lot of these guys, like you know, even our own favorite quarterback Tony Romo, is, you know, it's hard to just step into a top job. Yeah, and honestly, if I'm somebody who is working at the station, and I was the number two color guy, if I was Dan Fouts, right? Right. How pissed would I be? Or in this case, Phil Sims. Well, yeah, but the point that I'm getting at is that there's, there's athletes who have been trained and have been doing this and have worked their way up. Dan Fouts didn't just jump in at number two. He started getting into broadcasting and kept working and working and working to get to the point where he's at. Right? Right. And then there's other broadcasters and professionals who've worked their butts off to get to their point that they're at. One player goes and retires... And automatically, whoop, I'm going to jump right to the top of the line for something I've never done before, while all these other people are just waiting for their turn. But I think you can make that analogy in a lot of workplace environments. You know, you've been working, you know, um, you've been working at your job for 15 years. You've been working hard at it. You've been working on your craft. You've been working, whatever it is. And, you know, there's the big job that opens up. You think I'm the next man to get it and your boss brings in his brother-in-law or his son or it can happen anywhere. It's just it's just the way work life is. And yeah, I I, okay, I get that. But I, I think that in more of a work life when you're hiring somebody else to jump in, so say you're the number two guy and you're working in a different possession and you have somebody jump in, that person has been in this field before more than likely. Romo's never even done anything in broadcasting besides being a guest on an interview. You know but, what I mean? But, but it's like, a gamble. It's a, it's a gamble by the But how by much of a gamble is it worth it if you're going to be the number one guy? You're risking, in my opinion, you're risking a lot. Because frankly, I think Fouts was a better, that whole was a better broadcasting team in general. Right. I thought they should have been the number one over Sims. But at the same time, you're taking too much of a risk because you don't know what the product's going to sound like. And NFL ratings are already going down. Why would you jump to something that has so much uncertainty when you have people in line and in place who are professionals who have done this before and still are a high-profile name? If Romo's going to be good enough, he's got to prove that he's going to be good enough. You're going to throw a guy who has no experience into the biggest game? That's going to be a crapshoot whether or not it works or not for us. I'll, I'll give you the, the exact fan. I'll give you the exact reason they're doing it. What's the difference between Phil Sims and Tony Romo? About 30 years. And you know why? Because the next generation, guys that are younger than you are coming up watching football. They've watched Tony Romo, did they ever watch Phil Sims? They That's can't true. relate to Phil Sims. They can relate to Tony Romo. They may not like him, but they can relate to him. Yeah, but I think that you have to take the quality of the program into some sort of... But that's why you pair him with a professional like Jim Nance rather than you put him on a team with, you know, on their second or third team down, like, you know, with a gumbo or somebody like that. And, you know, you're going to... He's going to sink or swim. It's a big risk. I'm not saying it's not. But I think it happens in any work environment in anywhere across the country. And, you know, this just happens to be a bigger stage because it is the NFL, it is a huge product, and it is a lot of money we're talking about. But I don't think it's that out of the norm. Okay, so the NFL, right? I mean, they're going to have all these people broadcasting. So say Tony Romo doesn't work 
move him down to the number two and boost somebody else, right? But what about, what about a guy like John Lynch? What about a guy who is a former football player? Talk about a role to being thrown into. Well, yeah. Jumping into a general manager's position. Are you kidding? Do you know how much the San Francisco 49ers are worth? Do you know how much that they have invested into that team? They just have a brand new stadium, and they're going to trust some guy who was a safety. Strong safety. Okay, right, he, could be, he could be as strong as whatever, but he doesn't know how to... Maybe he'll be a strong GM. <laughs> we don't know that. That's the <laughs> point that I'm getting at. But point- some people go on a job interview, and you know what? You could be the best candidate. You could get in that interview room, and you know what? You just fall apart, or you forget to, to say a fact that you thought would be you know help you get the job. John Lynch went into that interview for the 49ers and killed it. Absolutely killed it because you know what? He had to because that's the only way you would get the job as a first-time GM when you had no prior experience in management. Do you think Peyton Manning is going to one day come in and be like a GM's assistant? He's going to be like an intern? No, he's coming in as he's – if he's – wherever he's coming into, he's going to come in as a top dog. But do you Whether, have to have – do you have to be a team that is in some sort of a desperation in order to take that kind of a risk? I think you're in the in the market for a huge change, a huge climate change, a huge somebody who doesn't have any preconceived notions of what they've wanted to do in the past. You know, they call it the old, you know, the the good old boys network. They used to call it in baseball and football of all managers just being recycled and all coaches just being recycled. And now you're getting a guy who has no experience, who doesn't come with any baggage, doesn't come with any preconceived coach coaching staff from other teams. It's all fresh and new. And I think that's what San Francisco needed at the time. Is it going to last? You don't know, but if they're going to give them four or five years, six years to, you know, make something of himself. This may actually work, but yeah, you got to give him. You the have chance. to give him. You have to give him the years. And I don't know personally if I was the owner of a football team. And honestly, if I was the fan, if I was a fan of a San Francisco 49er, I wouldn't know how to feel. I don't know how excited I would be because it clearly didn't work in the past because they've just declined drastically. Right, but I mean, compared to what they had, what better opportunity to try something? totally new and different rather than these same old guys or a couple of guys that you never even heard of along the way. I mean, they had a coach two years ago. I was like, who? Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're fully invested and you're ready to give this guy the control that he needs to do what he thinks he needs to do. But again, I don't know if he knows that and because he's never been in the position from what, a, from what I was reading before we, we started uh, the podcast. I was reading a lot about Lynch and the, the deal he has is there's a lot of good scouts and support people on his staff and in that system with him to help him through his first NFL draft, to, to help him through his first, you know, to help him through his first year at GM. He's not alone. Like they didn't go, hey, here, you're, you're on, you know, here's the middle of the Atlantic. Go figure out how to swim. They're, they're, they're putting a good support staff around him. So, but at I, the same time, since you haven't been in such a powerful position, what if these people take advantage? That could easily happen. They could be guiding him in one direction, and it could be completely wrong and something that he doesn't even know that he's getting himself into. And then all of a sudden, all these people who have been working in the industry before are guiding him in all these different directions, and he doesn't know which way to go because he's never been there either. So, yeah, granted, you're with a strong support staff, but what if that strong support staff is smarter than the one in charge? 
I mean, this is the chance you take. That's the problem. I mean, yeah. but I think sometimes these teams, instead of going the old, you know, good old boy network, like I like to call it, I think that, you know, it's it's nice to see a refreshing chance, to give somebody new a chance. Like I said, you're never going to see Peyton Manning take take a, an intern job. Yeah, you know? that's and, true. I mean, there are some people, listen, not everybody does get to start at the top, but those who who are lucky enough, you know, Tend to rise to the occasion. Will Romo do it? I don't know. Will John Lynch as a GM do it? I don't know. But for every John Lynch and Tony Romo, there's a Michael Strahan who really, I mean, now is a multimedia superstar. Yeah. But you know what? He even said it. He, had a, he has a great book out and that where he talked about that he had to fight his way up. And that the first time he tried the TV, he was terrible. I'm like, I can't do this. I'm walking away. But somebody made him stay with it. Patrick Ewing, you mentioned him before. He didn't start out as a head coach. He barely got to be an assistant coach. Yeah, but those two, but like you're kind of proving my point because I think those two, they were put in the position that they needed to to succeed to get to the point that they're at now, but they worked and proved to get to that position where these two didn't necessarily do right, so. Right, no, no, but what I was using it as the point that not everybody starts out, you know, like a, a Lynch or a Romo, but they're, they are, they're not necessarily the rule. There are exceptions, yeah, but it does happen, and I think in those times when it happens, I think it's a good thing. I don't necessarily think you know it's competition. It's just like anything else. You know what? The rookie you draft in the NFL might start a quarterback this year. Does he necessarily deserve it? No, but he's going to start. So it happens in the workplace as well. Do you think the San Francisco 49ers are taking a page out of the White House's book? Maybe. Two unproven. I. I I wouldn't even doubt it at this point. You know I don't want to get. I don't want to get political no, no. on this. Thing, I see where you're going with but... it, though. It's a good analogy. It's very interesting that you said that because you know what? I, as much as people, you know, in the U.S. are tired of the same old, same old, you know, career politicians. Maybe you know NFL owners and people in the sports world are tired of the same old faces just being recycled. It's not yeah. a bad. It's it's not a bad analogy when you think. About I guess it. this is something that we should look back. I guess a year from today, we'll look back and see what we think about Romo in the booth, John Lynch in the office, and we'll see how it goes after a year. Absolutely. We but will. It's, it's the risks, and it's something that, I don't know, it could change the game. They're gonna, everybody's going to be subject to critiques. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we just have to wait and see. The only thing is it's going to be able to tell us is time. Yeah. So. And uh, speaking of time, we're going to segue into that because apparently baseball is too slow for the children. Baseball's too slow. So what do you do? You have to make changes. And what are those changes? Oh, these are changes that are, in my opinion, changing the entire sport of baseball and how you play it. You know what? Some it of did? these changes I don't like whatsoever. I don't like any of them. Yeah. They're absolutely stupid. So for that's, that's my opinion. For 2017. I would say that the biggest rule that has changed is the no pitch intentional walk. And oh, I'm a Mets fan, so and I've seen this a couple of times. Um, does that really speed up anything? How long does it take to throw four tosses to the catcher? Right. 90 seconds? Say and 90 seconds. What about the intentional walks that have gone awry? Vladimir Guerrero swinging at a ball all the exactly and hitting a home run. You, a you, pass ball with a man on third and second, and that runner scores. That doesn't happen anymore? What? My whole thing with this is, you're, if you're a baseball fan, you're investing three and a half hours in a game. 
Yeah. So what? You're going to take away a half hour of it? Is it going to make that big of a deal? Go, oh, you know what? Thank you, Rob uh, Manfred, for taking away a half hour of that game. Because, you know what? I could do a three-hour game, but three and a half hours? No, forget it. I'm out. Yeah. So stupid, if you're, if this you're, logic. If you're a baseball fan, you understand how the game works, and you know that it's kind of like a game of chess in the sense where you're hitting. If you're a batter and you see there's open spots, you're going to try to hit to those spots. There's uh, fundamentals and strategy to the game of baseball that kind of is what makes it as unique of a game as it is. I don't think that rushing a sport like this brings any kind of a benefit to the, the game itself. I don't think that gives you more money. I don't think that they, that gains you more viewership. No. I think that this is such a ridiculous rule to not throw for an intentional walk because we've seen in the past, I've seen games live myself where an intentional walk has gone wrong. Right. And now it can't go wrong because all you do is the manager points to first base and there it is, intentional walk. Yay, that's real exciting. And you know what? If they're playing into trying to get younger fans you know, in tune with the game, well, congratulations because you know what you did? All you did was exclude the older fans. Right. And it's not the next generation you're worried about. You have generations of fans that watch the game together, grandfathers, fathers, sons, and they all... They all watch the game together. Baseball is a tradition in this country, and baseball has been passed down through generation to generation, and now you want to mess with it? Bad idea. Yeah, so do you think the game even needs to be sped up? And if so, how do you do so? I don't think you do. I, I really don't. I think, you know what? I'm not saying you mess. You, you know what? Every game changes a little bit and evolves over the years. They make little tweaks here and there. I mean, hell, the NFL does it uh, all the time. But what baseball is doing and what they're trying to, like, you understand what they're trying to do, but they're doing it wrong. They're just, it, it's... it's They're doing what yeah. the NFL should be doing because I do think that the NFL games are too long. But when yeah. somebody says that baseball's too, like, we need to shorten the game of baseball, I don't think that's necessarily true because... It really, the game, to me, hasn't changed so much since I've been watching. Right. I feel like football has been, I don't know, I, I guess you notice things more in a football game, but I think you also are a bit more attentive when you're watching football than when you're watching baseball. Baseball is not something that you need to have your eyes glued to the TV at all times. You can come and go as you please, and when it gets exciting, the getting is good, and you're going right. to be all the way tuned in. Football is something where you're, you're staring at the TV the entire time, and you're not going to... You know, right. you're looking at your phone to check fantasy stuff. I think baseball is a much more relaxed sport, but I think it's a totally different sport than baseball because of how it's played, because it's strategic, because of the fundamentals behind it. And I think that that's what makes the game unique because I don't think there's anything like it in sports. No. I think that football, basketball, and hockey are a little bit similar in the sense where it's a little bit rougher, it's a little bit more fast-paced. Right. But I think that that's meant by design. And I think that baseball... Is fine the way it is. I don't really see the decline. I don't really under. Yes, there's there's less people playing it. Um, kids aren't playing it as much, but the talent is still there. The pitching is amazing. Right, and and games still sell out. You right. know, opening day is still a huge deal across the country. Yeah, don't mess with a good thing. You know what? There's a good there's a good model for baseball. You can tweak things if you want, but to make such deliberate and, I think, 
unnecessary changes like the intentional walk is just ridiculous. We're two weeks into the season. Has anybody gone, wow, what a difference? Man, that in, that. No, if anything, they're confused walk, because yeah. they don't understand how the guy just got the first base it, after you blinked your eye. Right. And and that's what's that's what's so mind boggling about like the, like an intentional walk is for all intents and purposes is something that normally what it's going to take a minute and a half if that. Oh, if that and maybe something goes wrong with with human like a, a wild pitch something but you know what you leave it in the hands of the players you don't make it all automatic just for the sake it's this whole you know yeah, hurry up it, mentality and it like goes back a little now. bit to what we were talking about in the the previous podcast which is available if you wanted to go check that out yep um which was that fans shouldn't be getting involved with the game we pay these officials for a reason um i really don't think that the extra 90 seconds is going to speed up the game if that's the argument that you're making for doing this. But I think that it could potentially be taking away the excitement of which something that got is going wrong can change the game. And that takes away what the, what could be. You're taking Again, away the human that, element. Right. If there's that man on third and the ball comes past, that is going to get the stadium in an uproar. That doesn't happen anymore because that man is just going to walk to first base and the other two are staying put as if nothing even happened. And you can't you can't legislate a game played by, you know, men or by any by humans. Yeah. It just it's not it's not going it it's not going away. You can't make it faster. There's no way to make it faster just by these small little tweaks. Yeah, I agree. What um how you like a baseball so far this season? As we're wrapping things up, I gotta be honest. I'm liking it so far, so good. Um, I think there's a lot of young talent out there that uh, people need to see. Uh, I'm sure if you're, you know, you play fantasy baseball, you're gonna, you definitely there are some, you know, players to keep your eye on. Yeah. I mean, listen, you're a Mets fan. I'm a Yankee fan. I wanted to get that out there so that our listeners know that although we're both Cowboys fans, we do different in that we're on yes uh, different sides of the Subway series. Um, I'm I'm pretty optimistic right now with the Mets. I think they need to hit the ball a little bit more and give some run support to those wonderful pitchers that they have. But other than that, I'm excited. I think it's uh, we're in for a good season. Yeah, I'm. Pl- I'm. You know, the Yankees started out first week of the season a little shaky, um, but you know they got a lot of great young talent. Um, you know, Judge is hitting the ball, the cover off the ball. That kid's a monster. Yeah. Um, you know, Gary Sanchez, unfortunately, you know, is hurt. Uh, but they have a lot of great, and their pitching is better than than we thought. So, so far so good. But two weeks in, you know, everybody's still hopeful at this point. Yeah, for the most, you part. have to be. You have to be optimistic. And I do think that we should have our listeners come up with some kind of a contest or a bet when Ooh, Subway like Series comes along. Definitely. So, if you have any suggestions of what a Mets and Yankees fan should be betting on, uh, we'll take all. Thoughts. We'll take all comers. We'll take all, we take all thoughts. We take if, it, all- if it embarrasses my partner, then yeah. I will be 100% about it. Fantastic. And I think that's going to wrap up this episode of the New Jersey Guys podcast. Again, it is available on iTunes. It is available on Google Play. And you can check it out on nj1015.com. Dan Tantillo. Chris Swindeman. Thank you very much for listening. Stay tuned. We're out. We're out.